Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobsher here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today. In today's show, we're going to look at why Bitcoin and gold is telling us something. My guest in this episode is Lior Gantz. Lior is the editor of Wealth Research Group, and Lior has built and ran numerous successful businesses and has traveled to over 30 countries in the past decade in pursuit of thrills and opportunities gaining valuable knowledge and experience along the way. He's an advocate of meticulous risk management, balanced asset allocation, and proper position sizing. As a deep value investor, Lior loves researching businesses that are off the radar and completely unknown to most financial publications. I have three Cashflow Ninja community announcements. You could go to cashflowninja.com forward slash Facebook and join our group or simply just go to Facebook and type in Cashflow Ninja Community. We will share everything uh, that is happening in our community and valuable information uh, from the Cashflow Ninja in our Facebook group. If you find what we do here valuable and want to support us, there are two ways to do it. Number one, go to iTunes and subscribe, right, and review our show. This helps with iTunes algorithms and will help other people find the show. And number two, please send us a video testimonial recorded with your smartphone to info at cashflowninja.com. We are building out a new website and would love to feature our listeners. The top 10 videos will receive Cashflow Ninja swag and will be featured on the new Cashflow Ninja website. If you're interested in joining our investors group, you could go to cashflowninja.com forward slash investors group and fill out an application form and or email me at info cashflowninja.com to start the discussion to see if you're a good fit for our group. And if you're living in the Philly, Bucks County and Southern New Jersey area, we are hosting a live investors meetup event every month in Newtown, Pennsylvania. For more information on the monthly event and information on how to join us at our next live event, you could go to cashflowninja.com forward slash events. If you're like many of the listeners of the show, you're always looking for unique ways to protect and grow your hard-earned capital. But sometimes, that's easier said than done. The key to investing late in the cycle is identifying favorable opportunities on a risk-adjusted basis. That's where our friends at ASIM Capital come in. Since 2011, ASIM has helped more than 300 accredited investors allocate more than $20 million to mobile home parks, cell storage, and workforce housing due to the ability to generate asymmetric returns while protecting their investors' portfolios. If you're interested in learning more, head over to asymcapital.com. That's A-S-Y-M-Capital.com to get instant access to their investment offerings. MC Lobshier, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast and also the president and chief wealth and investment strategist of Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate cashflow banking, also known as infinite banking, with their business and investments. If you're interested in learning more about how we create strategies that integrate cashflow banking and investments to turbocharge them, you can access a video series at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's your own banking system.com. 
Leo, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, sir. Uh, can you please share a little bit about your background for our new listeners? You've been a guest on the show quite uh, quite a number of times, and always you're always bringing it, my friend. You always drop a lot of value on the listeners and, and share a lot of valuable information and your insights. But for folks not familiar with you, uh, please tell them who you are and what you're up to. Um, so I was, uh, my parents gave me one of the greatest gifts, uh, ever. And, uh, at age 13, they, they gave me poverty and, uh, bankruptcy and it prompted my education into, uh, into finances and economy. And, you know, I, I, uh, started by having a job at 13 and then learning about investments at 16, um, because I, I was able to save like, uh, <clears throat> about $20,000 in today's money. Uh, in three years, obviously, living at, at home helps. And then uh, I started investing at the age of 16, got them to sign a waiver for a minor to, to, to do some investing. That was three months after the dot-com bubble burst. So I had a lot of luck also because the, the, the valuations were very good to start investing back then. And uh, I've been an entrepreneur since the age of 20, uh, started businesses, and then about three... Three years ago, three and a half years ago, at uh, December of 2015, I, I, I wanted to start switching uh, from uh, helping a very close-knit uh, group of clients um, manage their money and everything like that into not managing money for anybody, but instead of that, uh, empowering people to learn about education. And I, and I uh, launched wealthresearchgroup.com, which is a free financial newsletter. Um, and then which combines uh, like my ideas uh, about the general economy, but then also what I'm doing with my own money. So uh, it, it features both. For example, in 2016, we covered about uh, 24 companies in general, 12 of them in the mining sector that year because gold was very hot and uh, those 12 companies more than doubled, but also dividend companies that, that um, I, I love to invest in. In 2017, we were one of the first to uh, cover uh, cryptocurrencies, we covered Bitcoin at 400. I know people cover it much sooner, but check this out. We were the first to cover Ethereum at 12 bucks. Um, it went over $1,000 that year. We covered Monero at 19. I actually interviewed the founder of Litecoin. Litecoin was only 20 bucks uh, coin before it went up all the way to, I, I think over 400 or 450 at, at the, uh, the peak. Um, and then we were one of the earliest to, to get into legal cannabis. Um, so we combine a lot of uh, cash flow ideas. Uh, I know that you and I are insured with the same life insurer, for example, and then we covered that in, in our free newsletter. So it's just a way for me to, to basically give to the, the reader whatever I'm uh, most concerned with and whatever I'm investing in. So that's in, in the free financial newsletter at wealthresearchgroup.com. And um, a lot of uh, people love the, the free um, PDF reports at, um, if you go in the top menu, you click special reports. It's like a, a whole world of PDF, uh, PDF reports open up and you can uh, download anything from investment principles to gold, to crypto Trump, uh, a lot of things that, uh, that we cover. 
Yeah, fantastic. And that's what I love about guests that we have, have on such as you, yourself, because I like to refer to you guys as gurus, right? It's not just a guru writing. It's, this is actually, you're getting a, a, an insight and looking over the sh shoulder what Lear is doing with his own money yeah, um, and, and, and looking and getting his insights of, of what he's looking at and what he's seeing and opportunities that a lot of folks are not covering. Um, that you that, that you do and what you're looking at, always looking broadly and and looking at in areas where other folks are not looking. Well, let's start with the headlines because obviously there's some interesting stuff going on. Okay. Um, the global economy and markets. Uh, what are you seeing uh, right now out there? Uh, things are changing, um, and there's a lot of things happening. So, what are, what are you guys currently looking at? I think. Um What's really important for people to understand is whatever the stock market is doing does not reflect um, the well-being of the average person. Um, you know, if you look at Brazil, for example, it's the seventh largest economy in the world, but it's an economy that for years was ruled by 13 uh, families, basically. Um, and that's uh, a situation where the economy is amazing as a whole. But it's only amazing as a whole because there's a concentrated uh, um, uh, wealth at the top. The rest are basically running on slave labor, but it's a very efficient uh, economy. So that's what's happening in the United States uh, right now. In the past 10 years, you've moved to a situation where corporations are thriving in terms of their margins are bigger, earnings are bigger, etc. But... It's all done because the average person's uh, wages are decreasing. His equity positions in real estate and in uh, the stock market are virtually, virtually, uh, vir virtually nil. And um, it's all backed by uh, artificially low interest rates that can only sustain that way because you're monetizing debt with the central bank. And so... It, it, it looks from the outside like uh, everything is uh, functioning well, but if you uh, take a closer look, 80% of people are paycheck to paycheck right now. This is the worst uh, situation for the average person ever, but because, um, because it's so bad for him, he does not uh, protest because he, he cannot say, okay, you know what? I hate my job. I'll, I'll quit. Uh, because he doesn't have the mind to do that. And therefore, you're seeing an economy where uh, the employers rule the economy, and therefore, corporations are thriving, the stock market is thriving, GDP is growing, but for the average person, it's a nightmare. He's, he's uh, literally in a rat race. And that's what uh, is important to, to see. And that's in North America. So just think about the rest of the world, right? Right. Um, and, and, and that's the main point. We live in a halves have not um, economy. The haves, the, the, the top uh, you know, 30 million Americans or the top 10%, 15% of people, they are cashed up. Their wages are lying off the, off the chart. I think the uh, compensation for CEOs and executives is up about 40% in the last decade alone. And then they're double dipping because they're buying real estate and then triple dipping because they're buying equities and they're buying back their own stock. And so on one hand, you're seeing beneficiaries of this, this system, uh, you know, they're, they're raping the system. Um, and then on the flip side, you're seeing diminishing um, wages, a lot of outsourcing and a lot of 
automation uh, to, to clear away a lot of uh, people from the job fo- from the workforce, um, which puts them in a situation where they can negotiate for their wage wages. Then they need to rent. Rents are going up, and then they need to to, to buy the stock market. The stock market is the most unaffordable on an average pay as it's been um, ever. It takes 400 hours of work for the average person to buy one share of the Dow Jones. And he's probably employed in one of those 30 companies of the Dow Jones. So you're seeing a haves, haves not economy. And that is critical for people to understand that because if they just listen to mainstream media, they're, they're, all they're, they're hearing is, hey, low unemployment and the stock market is an, is an all-time high. What could... What can uh, I complain about? Um, but they can complain about a lot of things, and you're seeing them uh, getting fed up, and you're seeing the politicians that are trying to cater to that um, sort of voter, promise them, promising them a lot of free stuff. Um, we, we really covered that a lot, uh, both in the newsletter, but if you go to wealthresearchgroup.com forward slash take, like T-A-K-E-K-E, um, and also forward slash Trump, you will see exactly what we're talking about in terms of our analysis of how this past 10 years have really uh, created an economy where you're either a great beneficiary of, of this or you're a slave to this system. There's, there's literally no in, in between. And that's why you're seeing the middle class either going here or most of them going here to the, to the, uh, um, to the lower income uh, class, the people that are just uh, the gig economy, the two people that need to have two, three jobs to sustain a family and help their kids, et cetera. Yeah, I was actually having a conversation with someone the other day about uh, how, how do people survive that's on a fixed you know, income, basically, sure. with, with uh, just pointing to and alluding to what, what you're saying. And the other thing that I also see right now in wealthy areas here, just as, as you mentioned, the middle class, there's a lot of folks that have tried to stay in wealthy areas, right? And maybe they have nice cars. Maybe they have, they have big houses because they can afford it with the low interest rates, right? Um, maybe they even have a second home or so. But even those folks, it's they're one disaster away from bankruptcy, right? It's one paycheck, basically. So the illusion is still there, maybe even for that group, where the other group has already kind of been, you know, has moved down, as you mean, as you mentioned, to the gig economy with two or three, basically, jobs just to support, support their life and their family and their children. And the other group that's maybe their, you know, maybe their upper management or a little bit up there, but they're also, I mean, one disaster away from, from bankruptcy. Yeah. Um, here are the stats. 150 million employed, part-time and full-time. Half of them earning 30K a year, pre-tax. Ooh. 10% of the people, so about 15 million households, live on minimum wages. And that's from the employed. Now, you have the unemployed, which the government only measures the last 30 days of applicants. So whoever is even in a worse situation, either gave up on, his, uh, on looking for work or just you know, can't find it, he's not in the system. So he's in the shadow like unemployment. The shadow unemployment is as big as the as the official unemployment. So you know when you say there's 3.8 percent unemployment, it's about 7.6. And then it's only because you don't measure a lot of people that that have two jobs. If you have two jobs, they measure you twice. Right. It's like two people, but it's only one. And so the number is uh, around 10 percent. Seriously. Now. Uh, 2008, it was 18%. 2009, 
So that's where we were coming uh, from the backs of. So you've, you've seen this real recovery for the, for, for the entire economy as a whole. But the S&P 500, <coughs> which is made up of, of 504 companies, they derive 50% of their earnings from outside of the U.S. And so the, the, the economy inside uh, domestically is not strong uh, as it's being portrayed. And only, you know, if you go case by case, do you really understand how problematic it is. So I think that is one thing that people need to, to adapt to. Um, the, the sort of the miracle that the baby boomers had coming off the backs of, the, of World War II. And, you know, one person can support a family with one income, et cetera, and puts kids through college and retire. People have been extrapolating on that for, for three decades now. That, that is over. Um, and, and it's coming to like the, the end of the, um, of the illusion because people are now understanding it's not even coming back. So that's right. one thing that's happening in America right now. And America just needs to find its, its, uh, its competitive advantages over other countries. What can it do better and revive uh, its economy, revive its, its working class? Um, and, you know, for the, for the most part, I think the have-nots have to figure out solutions in order to to make their way into the haves. A lot of it has to do with education in general, um, which I think is a real problem. Uh, but the second thing is, I, I think they need to understand how to network with people that uh, are looking for talent. They, you know, some, some people have money and some people might have talent, but they don't have the money. And so that's where the haves and haves not will, will meet, will network. Uh, shows like Shark Tank portray reality uh, a lot. Because people come in with an idea, they need the money to, to put it forward, and that's what's going to happen. A lot of uh, allegiances between people with money and people with an idea. Uh, that's going to be a lot of what's going on in the future here uh, with the United States. And, um, you know, on top of that, uh, thinking about what's happening as a, as a whole, uh, the U.S. has seen its economy grow for about 10 years. Uh, very consistently, but very moderately. You're not seeing a lot of um, accesses, uh, you know, a lot of access, a lot of male investment from the average person because he doesn't have a lot of um, money to invest. You're seeing a lot of institutional money being male invested, and that's where I think the next crisis for the U.S. will come from. Either the corporate debt that has accumulated, because in, a, in, an, uh, in an economy like this, in a time like this, where there's so much disruption, right? So many companies are going to be uh, irrelevant. You're not seeing a lot of bankruptcies. And the reason is they can still maintain a lot of uh, downtime, a lot of zombie time because of low interest rates. Once you've seen uh, interest rates starting to get normalized, you'll see a whole slew of bankruptcies. And that's when I think the, the, the real problem will start uh, for many Americans who are employed in businesses that, that cannot survive in the 21st century if, if interest rates were normalized. Yeah. yeah, a lot of great points. One of the th uh, thoughts that comes to mind is the financialization of markets, as you were alluding to, where you have uh, CEOs buying back their, their own stock, right? Share and using debt to do that. 
Exactly. With debt. Um, and usually <laughs> companies would take on uh, financing or debt to expand, to make real stuff, to sell, to increase and grow their business. Now they're taking on the really cheap debt and just buying back their own shares to pump up the sure. stock price so they can get their bonuses. And, you know, um, this, this illusion of, uh, of prosperity sure. is, yeah, is yeah. there. The other thing you also touched on that I just wanted to mention <laughs> as well is, there's so much opportunity for folks that realize that we're in a skills economy. We're no longer in, hey, I'm going to go to an institution and get a certificate and that's going to ensure something, right? Yeah. So the whole college thing, it, it, I mean, it's really, if you th- it's just su- supply and demand. You could get a bunch of cheap money and people can borrow money. And now all of a sudden, everybody goes to college. So the value of a college degree is just now been diluted and basically yeah. zero, right? Because now what's the next thing? Well, now I have a degree, but everyone's got a degree. Now I got to get a master's degree. You have now schools pumping out MBAs <laughs> like, it's, like, yeah. like it's out of control. Like, and so now what, do you, what did you do with that? Well, you diluted the, the value of an MBA degree. And there's this huge opportunity for people that realize that a piece of paper, you know, and, and, and investing a lot of time that's really not going to teach you the skills of the new economy isn't worth anything anymore. There's, it's, there's skills that people do need. Um, and if I apply myself, the sky's the limit. You know, I joke and say, folks that are Star Trek fans, you know, remember when they were standing in the spaceship and they were talking to other people through a screen or a, <laughs> you know, or a television we do that. We live in a time that we have the technology of those folks and it's free. <laughs> you and I yeah. are having conversation in different parts of the world or wherever we are. That's a great point. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the mindset of abundance. Yeah. Think about it. We have Star yeah. Trek technology and it's, it's free. A great point. It's a great so, point because all of these free things are not portrayed in GDP um, right. because, because, uh, because Skype is free then uh, all that money that Microsoft should have uh, made on this call is not there. And so uh, we live in, it, it, we do have a lot of prosperity as a whole, but yep. for the most part, uh, the best analogy for it is most people are, are in the middle of a river, a very flowing river. They hold the bucket ups, upside down. So all the water yep. is, is touching on it, but it's not getting into their funnel. They need to switch their bucket and start enjoying it. It's just going to other people. Um, but yeah, definitely the, um, the innovation and everything else that's going on in the economy is incredible. It's global. The opportunities are, are incredible. You do have to be um, today, in today's world, a specialist, an expert at what you do in order to succeed. And that's the big difference between uh, this world and the, the previous job market um, from 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, where many people could have uh, uh, could have uh, been, you know, moderately good, and all of them would would have been employed. Here and now, it's all about being an expert because one person can produce so much value that you don't need that many people doing um, work. And then you got um, you know technology to, to to assist you with that. So I think. That is a critical uh, point going forward. That, that's why I really stress that education is uh, uh, and daily education, living the economy, breathing it 
is important because that college degree, it gives you that illusion. I, I learned, right? I studied, I'm done. But it's, it's, it's just not there anymore. Those four years, they're irrelevant in four years. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And to your point, too, with the haves and the have-nots, politicians are going to seize on this globally, not just in the U.S. Obviously, we've just entered the circus of the next election cycle, <laughs> which will go on. But it's, glo it's globally, so you're going to have a lot of polarization, a lot of angry people not understanding what the problem is. So whether it's free education or we, whether the people keep on being saddled with, with, with student loan debt, uh, the, the, the core of the problem is it's no longer a jobs economy. As you said, it's a skills economy. So it, it completely, they're going to split it apart and polarize it, but we got to focus and keep our eyes on the real issues and the real, because the real issues and challenges provide opportunities, um, which on the positive side, segment it into the shiny things that are shining again. Uh, gold has made a big move. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on and and in, in, in the uh, with regards to gold. And then obviously you have covered crypto since the beginning, and we're one of the first guys to cover a lot of cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin is back into the news, surging up. Uh, give us your take on 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 those two moves and and those two uh, uh, specific niches. Definitely. Um so we covered the, the reason I, I launched Wealth Research Group was because I thought I, I'm calling the bottom on gold. And, it, I, and you know, I, I launched it about a month and a half after it bottomed. So um, it, it was really a great call that gold is, is bottoming at, at, at um, $1,053 per ounce back in December 2015. But it's been a very moderate bull market. And the actual companies, the, the mining shares, have been in a bear market since August of 2016. So it's been a very confusing um, bull market for, for commodities. The, the, the reason is um, the dollar has been on a bull market. In 2018, the dollar was the best performing asset class in the world. The last time the dollar, fiat currency, outperformed assets that are actually producing a yield was in 1969. And two years before the greatest devaluation. So I think we are uh, right back to where there's going to be a big devaluation of the dollar, and that's going to really spark all commodities. Now, gold is rising uh, ahead of other commodities for two reasons. One, it's tied, it's tied to political problems like Iran, the trade deal, everything else that's going you know, I can, you know, do you want the list, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Italy's are Italy's in a problem, France in a problem, Brexit, uh, South America, um, Argentina issuing 99-year-old, 99-year uh, bonds. Uh, it's, it's all over the place. So I think that's one thing that's playing uh, into the hands of gold. The second thing is the Fed is probably going to cut rates for the first time in uh, three and a half years in, uh, in, in July. And so the market is, is pricing in negative interest rates, real negative interest rates. In other words, in official interest rates minus inflation. And that's, uh, that's really helpful for gold because what are you going to hold? You're going to hold a currency that is 100% uh, going to lose your money or you're going to hold something just as liquid, which is gold, that you can convert back to fiat in, in a matter of uh, two days and it's going to be sustaining and even uh, gaining in price because gold rises when fiat currencies Fall in price. It just reflects inflation very well. So 
uh, that's happening. The dollar is about 1% away from entering a bear market after eight years. So look at the DXY, look at the dollar index. I'm not talking about gold versus the dollar. I'm talking about dollar versus a basket of major fiat currencies. If it goes into a bear market, which is about 1% away, if it goes to 92 on the index, um, then you th that's the biggest event of the year. All prices of all asset classes uh, are derived from the price of uh, from uh, whether or not the dollar is in a bull market or a bear market, especially commodities. So we're just we're an inch away. Um, if you're listening to this uh, like two weeks after it's being recorded, it might be already happening. Uh, because if the trade deal doesn't work in the G20 meeting that we have this weekend, and if the United States uh, pumps another bad manufacturing number uh, for the next quarter, it's done for the dollar, especially if the if the Fed starts cutting rates and monetizing debt again. So I think that is uh, critical and the most important event of the year if it happens. It's very important for gold, for gold prices. Um, and so that's one thing. And then you, you're seeing the same sort of environment with Bitcoin, but I think uh, for Bitcoin, it's, it's obvious uh, that because it's such a, a small market compared to gold, it, it just flows higher like, uh, like nothing else. I mean, um, we've been selling for every 20, 25% increase in the price. We've been selling about uh, 5 to 10% of the, uh, the position because the, 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 the profits have been unbelievable. Since the, the bottom, uh, we're up already 400% in six months. These are insane gains. People are talking about like $100,000 Bitcoin or two hundred fifty. You're making 400% in four months. That's insane already. So um, it, it's just important to understand that you, you can start taking profits uh, because th these uh, gains, it takes almost a decade to quadruple your money in, if you're a good investor in the stock market. Um, just remember that when you see when you see uh, the chicken in the in the grocery store, it's not like it's already in your house barbecued and ready to eat. Take profits. Uh, it's it's not the same as paper profits. You're listening to the Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is the show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. My friend Dave Zook from The Real Asset Investor says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. Pick one. The Real Asset Investor team creates value for investors looking for high yield returns from multifamily apartments, ATM machines, and self-storage investments. Their syndications offer attractive investment opportunities that produce strong cash flow, equity growth, huge tax incentives. They are truly passive and managed by a world-class team. To learn more about the exciting investment opportunities the Real Asset Investor offers, such as their multifamily, ATM, and self-storage syndications, please visit cashflowninja.com forward slash Investor. You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is the show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. Now let's return to our interview. No, it, it's, it's true. I mean, you have to put these things in perspective. Just like you said, 400% in six months. Uh, what do you see happening with this? Does it cool down again? And, and because it's so small, the market, when there's a pullback, 
uh, if you just look at Bitcoin, well, historically, it's it, it's it's a pretty aggressive pullback um, every single yeah. time it's happened. Yeah. Well, the difference now is that institutions have come in, so and they're buying at these prices. So it, it, to to extrapolate on the past and say that the next bear market is also going to be eighty to ninety percent, I don't know because it's not the same crowd that's buying. Right. Um, it, so that's one thing that's important to, to understand. I don't think Bitcoin will see those 80 to 90% bear markets as it did before because the people that are now holding it are institutions and not uh, individuals. Or, you know, there's a mix of them is what I mean. Yeah. That's one thing. Um, but secondly, on the flip side, the institutions are not that uh, giddy to, to pay 40 and 50 and 60 and $70,000 for a Bitcoin like the retail people assume that it will. So I think the price of Bitcoin will start stabilizing as it matures um, with more uh, institutional participants. Because remember, uh, it's a commodity with a premium on it of its utility. But the mining cost does play into what the the price of a of a coin will be. Because if you can if you can mine it for X. Why would anyone pay for it 6x unless you get an incredible value from that, right? Right. So it, it's important to, to uh, remember that. There are alternatives to Bitcoin. So it's, it's also competing with other um, cryptocurrencies that can do the same function that it does. It just does it better right now. But how much better um, and how much of a premium should you pay for that um, increase? So I think, you know, uh, start looking at Bitcoin in a more moderate uh, point of view in terms of uh, how much it can, it can rise from here. Right. Right. No, absolutely. Another thing that you guys have covered as well as cannabis and um, that's of course, accelerating here in the United States. What do you, what do you see in that market? Uh, well, I'm actually right now in France, but yeah, I, all of the, uh, the cannabis companies that, that I've ever invested in are in the U S um, we actually invested in uh, one of in the, the largest uh, uh, company of its kind in, in California, for example. So <clears throat> we, we have done some very successful work in terms of um, finding companies that have um, products that will do well. Here's the thing. When South American uh, countries start exporting uh, cannabis to North America, all these growers in North America will see um, – Oh, we'll, be, we'll get, go bankrupt. Uh, the prices in the rest of the world are much cheaper for agricultural commodities like uh, cannabis. If you're going to be investing in cannabis in the in the near future, stick to these two things: one, CBD, because CBD is gonna is is legal in more places than THC, and I, I think it will be um, put into use in uh, in shampoos. In fact, this this shampoo has has hemp in it, for yeah. example. So it's going to be cosmetics and everything else. In fact, it's going to be in food, right? It's going to be, it's not just, uh, it's not just going to be for medical uses. It's going to be for a lot of uses. Yep. Um, and, and politicians love it. It doesn't give you any high people don't use it to get, uh, you know, it doesn't have any, all of that bad, bad stigma around it. And it's, it's going to get legalized faster than, than uh, THC products. The second thing is it has a huge market demographic. Uh, because it cures like back pains and, and sleep and all that kind of stuff, it, it appeals to a bigger audience. So that's the second, the second thing about it. 
And then what, what should you invest in? I think the most important thing for people to understand, they should look for the retail companies first. There are no brands right now in cannabis. The first companies that are able to brand themselves so that someone comes to the store and instead of telling to the, uh, to the pharmacist or, or to wherever else, I want a CBD product, instead of that, he's saying to himself, I want Cashflow Ninja CBD product, like there's a brand behind it. That's where uh, the first companies that will make a fortune will come from because they will have, uh, they, those will be the first apples of the cannabis business. So I think yeah. that's, where, that's where my focus is because those are the companies that will have a lot of price power. They can remain uh, competitive when other entrants come in and say, hey, we, ha- we also have vape or, and you have vape. There's uh, a million vape companies, but I want that one because that's the brand I like and I trust. So I think that's where we're, we're looking at brands and CBD and, and um, uh, states that are um, – that are very free market that you don't need to need to know a politician in order to succeed because uh, where the free markets are, that's where I know that the product itself is good and not whoever uh, the CEO knows because he can replicate his success in that state to other states. And that's what I want. Yeah, absolutely. You make a great point. I just see in the health and fitness market too, for example, the CBD is catching on yeah. big time for yeah. people working out. Hemp, yeah, hemp and CBD. Exactly, with the hemp pro- uh, proteins and then the CBD for back pain and neck pain and shoulder pains and all, what, all the pains, right? So, yeah. um, no, huge, huge opportunity there. Other things that we should uh, take a look at to keep our eyes on uh, in the coming months, you've mentioned quite a number of things with regards to the currency devaluation, gold, Bitcoin, and so forth. What, what else are you guys looking at? We're looking at uh, something that uh, I think will frighten some, some of the people in the audience, but uh, I'm seriously looking at will the federal government in the next downturn um, use some sort of a direct stimulus with the population? In other words, will they send them some sort of a check and say that uh, if they don't spend it within 90 days, so uh, they'll try to stimulate the, the economy. If, they do, if you don't spend it within 90 days, it's gone. And it will be sort of a credit. Uh, a comp- you can pay less, less taxes. Or they will approach the veterans that are due their pay in 20 years, and they'll say, how about getting 80% of it now, and you need to spend it immediately. Mm-hmm. Into the econ- uh, we're seriously considering um, that Washington will do um, these sort of programs, if the if if there's a downturn, so I'm looking at that. I'll I'll, I'll keep it. Uh, uh, we'll keep updating on that in the um, in the newsletter. In terms of investments, I think everything we covered, Bitcoin uh, and uh, uh, mining and and gold and and um, cannabis, that should be about fifteen to twenty percent of your portfolio max. Uh, for the rest of the eighty percent, no matter what's going on in the economy. Focus on cash flow. Focus on companies that pay dividends and increase their dividends. Um, in fact, there's a group of 52 companies that have been able to increase their dividends every single year for more than 25 years. No matter who was in the Fed, no matter who was in government, uh, Democrat, Republicans, interest rates, blah, blah, blah. They're so good that they're able to earn more and pay out more to shareholders. So I, I focus on a lot of, the, a lot of on, on those group, on that group in uh, in my own portfolio and um, in the newsletter. 
Um, and you actually, you can even go to the, to the site and you'll see uh, where it says wealth stocks on the top menu. You can click on that and see some of our previous uh, companies that we like. Some of them are, are, are actually trading right now at all-time highs. Um, and then, so I like that. And I also like the fact that prices of real estate have gone down for 13 straight months uh, right now in the U.S. So in, in some economies, in some states that I like, that I think are going to have positive uh, migration into them, I'm starting to, to bid on, uh, on properties again. Fantastic. Yeah, because that's, of course, a big trend, right? There's a massive migration happening in the U.S., not covered at all by financial entertainers and the mainstream media, but there's, there, there are some resources uh, to show you exactly where people are moving from and where they're moving to because uh, it's on. <laughs> it's a massive Let me movement. Give you a hack. Yeah. I'll give you a hack. So U-Haul is a private company. Uh, uh, U-Haul, I'm saying it right, right? Yeah, U-Haul. Yeah, the moving company. Okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I just, I'm not American. Um, so anyways, you can look at their uh, top one-way destinations, which is where people are going and not coming back. Yep. Uh, every year they publish that. And, um, you know, when I started in real estate, that was one of the indicators that I was looking at which cities are growing, one-way destinations for you house. Another thing that I like to do is call the Chamber of Commerce and see how many businesses are coming in and what the op- office occupancy is uh, in terms of um, percentage, like how many offices are, are occupied. The, the Chamber of Commerce in many uh, cities can do that. You can also look at building permits and see if they're spiking or if they're flattening, and then you can see a lot of that, um, and, and that will tell you growth. One of the beauties, uh, and that's easy to, to figure out, is you take the median price of a house, the median salary in that city, and you divide it. If it's over three, in other words, if it's four or five, then this is a, a city or a, or a metropolitan where people cannot afford their homes. It's better for rents because people will not keep bidding up for, for, for prices. It's already extended. If it's below three, then that's an economy where people can really afford to pay more for homes and you can start looking at uh, houses to, um, you know, to either flip or renovate, et cetera, because there's, there's uh, appreciation that could be coming. Uh, so just a few things. We cover all this in, in the newsletter, uh, and you can go to wealthresearchgroup.com forward slash real estate to see uh, like a little niche that I uh, uh, used um, in 2009 when things were really affordable um, to, to get into real estate uh, in, in the States. But yeah, definitely, I, I love real estate because it's outside of the markets um, and people pay rents no matter what's going on with the NASDAQ, right? Right, exactly. Real stuff, right? People are always going to need a place to live. People are always going to exactly. need food to feel their body and, and energy. So, um, yeah, real estate. I, I love real estate and commodities as well. Lior, this has been fantastic as always. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Appreciate you, my friend. I appreciate you spending I really time respect with your us. Show and I really respect your show and, and uh, you ask uh, just serious questions and, and, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to come on every time you invite me. Fantastic. And the website again for folks to check out all of your reports and your research? Um, wealthresearchgroup.com. Fantastic. Check it out and thank you so much again for connecting. Thank you, sir. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, 
market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Thank you again for joining me on the Cashflow Ninja. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here, please subscribe, rate, and write a review for our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at CashflowNinja.com. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. Until next time, my friend, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.